0: Everybody, uh, welcome back to our podcast, "The Ins and Outs of Selling a Business." Uh, today, we're going to continue our conversation uh, with Dan Bartley of C- uh, Pro. Excuse me, Pro CFO Partners. Um, Pro CFO Partners works with uh, business owners uh, on a part-time, fractional basis, uh, providing uh, financial support uh, as well as um, transaction support when looking to sell. Uh, they're made up of a group of highly skilled uh, CFOs from uh, all over the country. Uh, Dan is an experienced CFO uh, with over 25 years of experience. Uh, he's done a number of transactions, both on the buy and sell side. And we're going to talk a little bit about um, about the uh, transaction process itself and how uh, a critical it is to have someone kind of quarterbacking that for you Uh, either on a part-time or interim basis uh, through the transaction, um, that can help you get the deal across the finish line uh, to get you the most value out of your company uh, when you're ready to sell. So, Dan, uh, thanks for coming back. I really appreciate it. Um, My pleasure. That was a great conversation about the various financial aspects that are really critical to a deal. Uh, I thought today we kind of delve in a little bit more about... um, you know, your personal experiences, right? Um, some of this pitfalls, dangers, you know, red red flashing lights, yellow lights that you see when uh, you get that call to come in. Hey, I got a deal. I'm going to sell my company. I need some help, uh, you know, kind of shepherding this through the due diligence process.
1: Sure. Uh, I had a good one recently that falls into that category. And by the way, the whole idea of quarterbacking that I just referred to is, is very important. Um, because my recommendation to clients I represent is they should not be doing this directly with a, a potential buyer. Reason being that it, I'm very objective. Uh, who's ever going to be your quarterback can do this objectively. Uh, if you as the owner are dealing directly with a potential buyer, when it gets into the type of issues that can get a little tricky... Uh, it can be emotional. And all of a sudden you, you get you get a little frightened. Wait, these things are going to prevent a deal from happening where I'm not thinking that I'm thinking, let's I'm going to get this done. We're going to make it happen. and I'll be objective with the buyer. But to your 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 question. Yeah, I had one in, uh, recently with a, uh, a company that provides basic supplies to multifamily residential units. Uh, and they were under the impression, because somebody dropped the thought in their ear, that they were worth, you know, fifteen million dollars, three times their gross revenue. And I was like, okay, that's nice. I did my normal thing. I met the owner. Sounds like a good company. And sure enough, I dig into the financial statements like I usually do, and they sent me literally two sets of financial statements, um, which were had very little correlation. <laughs> uh, and I was like, so automatically right up top of like one or both are wrong. Most likely both, it turns out both are wrong. And on top of that, I said, all right, at least some of your tax returns so I can get an idea of some level of reality of what you have going on. And the tax return had no correlation to either one of the sets of financial statements. So <laughs> it was one of those situations where I started to do the deep dives and I was like, no, there are just too many issues here. Uh, on one set of books, you have inventory, another set of books, you don't have inventory. I can help you, but this is going to be a big job and you're going to have to bring somebody else in to get that done because it's going to be a big job and it will be expensive to have me reconstruct your financial statements. Um, and we went through the process and that was my recommendation. They never pulled the trigger on it. Uh, and I'm I'm thinking that someday I'm probably going to get a call that says, all right, I, I did what you asked, now let's move forward. But that that's an unusual circumstance where the financial statements are so completely incorrect that I can't even work with them.
0: Yeah. You know, your point about the emotional aspect, it is an emotional transaction, right? Um, It's outside of getting married and having kids, selling your business is like the most important decision in your life. It's your, it is your life. Most of our clients, 10, 20, 30 years and, you know, finding the right buyer that, the right fit at the right price, the right value is critical. So to your point is, you know, we kind of act as that's why we get hired, right? We want yeah. the owner has issues. Yell at us, right? Don't yell at yes. the buyer, right? We are there to, to take the heat for you can vent your frustrations. And then, then we'll have a conversation between us, the owner and us. Okay. What's your main concern here? And let's find a solution. And then we go back to the buyer and say, okay, this is where it's at, you know, this is what we need to happen. Uh, or how do we bridge this valuation difference? So we're both a meeting of the minds. Uh, and Correct. if the buyer goes directly to seller goes directly to buyer vice versa. I mean, I can tell you a million war stories where people yep. walk out the door because yes. like uh, I've had it I happen. I can't, ha- yes. I can't deal with these people anymore. Right. Um, and no matter how small it is, you think it is as as a, as a intermediary or advisor, Mm -hmm. if a buyer's a seller's concerned about it, you got to find a solution to it to make it work. But when it comes down to the financials, your point's really well taken. I mean, and we talked about this last time we spoke is that if you don't have quality financial statements, you got one foot in the sand, you got one foot in the cement, right? And you, you know, trying to get yourself moving forward to a deal Is going to be challenging, and it's going to affect Mm -hmm. the price. I had the same situation happen to me recently, where they gave me a set of financials. We do the same thing you do, and and you know we don't do what you do. We just from our before we take a client on, we want to have a meeting of the minds, evaluation, right? We want to make sure that expectations are if it's a five million dollar value or ten million dollar value, they don't want twenty or thirty because we're going to spend you know, fifteen hundred hours or more, our team selling to be getting the business ready to sell, selling, going through the sales price and documenting and closing. We wanna make sure valuations are immediate. like I said earlier, like we're 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 in line, right? So they send me a set of financials, three years. I looked at them, and I said, Well, you know, based on this, I think your company's only worth well, that's not the real numbers. It's okay. <laughs> Okay. So it happens all, it happens
1: all the time. Right.
0: Yeah. What, what are the real numbers? And when you get them and they come in the form of a, you know, a QuickBooks, or uh, you know, or, a, or you know, net suites or just internal, well, any internal number, it raises our concerns, you know, okay. So our first, our first suggestion is going to be, you know, you need to get somebody in there. I said, do you have a bookkeeper? Yeah, maybe you re- really, it's a person that does the payroll, yeah, does the, does the billing pays the bills, right? It's not really a full charge bookkeeper. The case, some cases they are really talented. The most they do their job great, but they are not a controller, and the mm. controller is not a CFO, right? Yep. Now, well, I can't afford a CFO, so well you can have one that's part time come in and do initial valuation and then, you know, uh, and then be there on a monthly basis through the process. It's a huge, it's an investment you need to make. Yep. Right? Yep. So, yes, I mean, when you're, when you're out there and you meet with someone like this and you say to them, you know, Hey, these are the steps you need to take. Here we are, you know, what is the, you know, the reaction from the business owner when you, when you say this is what you need to do to get it done. And like, sometimes it's overwhelming. Well,
1: most of the time, the vast majority of the cases, I can walk them through that process. And at Pro CFO partners, we have solutions. So if it's not me, we have a network of bookkeepers or uh, third parties that we can bring in for the specific need of the customer, the client, and say, okay, they can help you. We'll manage it. We'll tell you what needs to happen. But, you know, we'll bring in the right expertise to make sure you get from point A to point B. So where you get to where you need to be, so we can start talking about transaction that would stand up to uh, due diligence.
0: So we've gone through and uh, you got the business owner to buy into the the importance of not only good, reliable monthly financials, which is sometimes challenging, right? I mean, you get your annual financial statements from your accountant and your tax return. Sometimes you get a quarterly, the the outside CPA will come in and do a quarterly financial statement. Right. But when you get into the transaction, it's like, it's not annual, it's monthly,
1: yes. right? It's, it's- really- Yeah, yeah Keith, that, that's funny you should say that because that's actually perhaps my favorite part of getting involved with a new client is exactly what you're describing. And that's why I do the monthly for three years. And after I do that, I do my own scrub, my own deep dive to figure out, okay, this is my business. What do I think this really looks like? And one of my most enjoyable meetings with a new client is the meeting that happens immediately after, where I walk them through my findings, because you know it's an eye opener. the The owners, a hundred percent of the time, this information that I'm finding that I'm bringing to their attention, that they're like, "Really? I didn't know that." And I'm like, "Yeah, really. It's there. Let's let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Let's do what we need to do." To, to, to straighten the situation out and get more accurate information and make sure you're as profitable as you you could be. And it's it's an absolute, i got to admit, it, it's an absolute pleasure. I love doing it with the owners because they appreciate it.
0: Yeah, they need, everybody needs the, the more timely information the more you can react to and make make adjustments, right? Nothing's perfect. I mean, I'll give you an example is um, you're pounding out parts and your gross margin is only like 20%. Right, and you don't know that because you're not really looking at numbers right. for six months. Exactly. And and you realize that your bottom twenty skus you're losing money on. Yeah, you know, but you but you've already just produced you know three million dollars of this product over the year, and it's like okay, that's why my mar- my my competition is doing a twenty percent margin net margin or EBITDA margin. I'm doing ten. Why? Right, and so yep. the value. What You know, when you get in the weeds and start looking at skew, skew analysis, profit by part, profit by division, um, you know, profit by whatever. I mean that information is going to drive value and the quicker you can react to it,
1: the better. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And, and as importantly for my clients, you know, I always say, and I know it's a little sacrilegious to catch is God. So. What I do is I do a projected cash flow with each of my clients. And one of the drivers is what you just described. So I'm like, okay, if you, you your margin is X, this is what I project your cash is gonna look like for the next year, two years, three years, sort of period of time we wanna do. And all of a sudden your margin is not X, it's Y. It's not 36%, it's 27%. Guess what? What happened to your cash over time? It just exploded in a downside where all of a sudden it gets to be a little tricky where I'm like, we gotta fix this. You got to restructure your organization because the margin you thought you were achieving, you're not. And by the way, this does happen. And fairly often where we have to make those adjustments. And that's where we come in with our advisory services. We make those adjustments and say, listen, we really got to take a serious look at the business. You're overstaffed. You're not going to make money if you keep driving these margins. And it looks like those margins are your margins you know, and I don't know, you're not getting more buying power. So it seems to be what it is is what it is.
0: Yeah. So it's critical. Because, I mean, again, we're in due diligence with, with a potential buyer and they're going to ask the same questions there. You know, can you provide us a detailed analysis of margin by product line, margin by skew, uh, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And some, you know, a lot of clients don't have that, believe it or not. Right. They said, well, Most don't. I, I have sales.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And then you go back and say, well, can you, you know, uh, we'll take they'll take a deep dive into it and they'll, you know, look at it and say. Okay, they'll see opportunity because they know what they need to do. They're smart people and they have teams in place. The stuff that you're doing on the front end, the investment that the business owner is making with you or team, you know, your team to, to, to analyze and, and adjust for this, they're going to take the value of that and see it on their end. And they're going to say, look, we can buy the company for X today because it's underperforming and we can tweak X, Y, and Z. And then we're going to see a huge uptick you know, under our ownership versus the prior ownership. So they're gonna see that future value.
1: I agree a hundred percent. And not only that, the way I look at my service and our services is I consider myself a profit center. And if I'm not, maybe we, I shouldn't be your, your part-time CFO. And and if you're not seeing that, just on, as we go through the year and as we, you know, our relationship develops and the potential sale of the business, if I'm not a profit center where I'm generating more value to the business than what I'm charging you, then it's not working. I have not had that happen. Knock on wood, and uh, hopefully that'll continue to be the case.
0: Well, that's that's an important point because owners tend to look at these things like as costs versus versus investment, and we always have conversation. We have clients that we're talking to. We, you know, that you know that are you know we started conversations three four years ago. Um, just kind of monitoring things, having conversations, and say you need to consider making the investment. And said, "Well, it's, what's it was it going to cost me." Said, so "You're not making it's not costing you anything. It's an investment in the future value. For every dollar exactly. that uh, uh, that they save you, it's going to come back to you four or five, six, seven, eight dollars in value, exactly it. You can't get exactly. that anywhere else. And you have control over that because it's your company. And if you don't make the that investment." As you said earlier, it's going to start restricting or uh, having an effect on cash flow. So what does that do? It inhibits growth. Or you end up taking on more debt, thinking that's going to mask the problem.
1: Yeah, I actually feel bad for the clients. I honestly do because 99% of clients I run through are really nice, fine people that I really like. And I feel bad if they don't go down the proper path where I'm like, I can help you. Let me help you. And if they, for whatever reason, they don't do it, I actually feel bad for them. Uh, and I have this line I use, you can lead a horse to, you've, you've heard it, lead a horse to water, but you cannot make them drink at that point. That's what I say to myself. I'm like, listen, I can tell you what you need to do and I can help you get there, but I can't make you do it.
0: Right. So we got everything. You, you got a, a client that has uh, embraced your value uh, as a profit center, as you said, and now we got. You know things things lined up, ready to go, and so now we you know we've gone through we've gone through the sales process, we've negotiated, we've met multiple buyers, and we selected one and we negotiated, signed an LOI. So, you know the first aspect before the thing that leads to every other door opening in in the process or wherever every, is the financial due diligence, right? And, you know, time is not your friend once you sign an LOI, right? You want to close mm-hmm. yep. exponentially and quickly as possible, typically 60 90 days, or things could possibly happen, i.e. like COVID, right? We've had deals that, yes. that got closed before COVID and deals that got postponed because of COVID. So, you know, what role do you guys play as, a, you know, someone's got to step into that role. The owner yep. has to run their business. They can't be doing everything, right? The bookkeeper yep. has certain limits. Uh, he or she is doing X but it really comes down to who's going to take ownership of that piece yep. so we get that through so once you get to QOV, quality of earnings the, the buyer has kicked yep. the tires and said okay, thumbs up With the, we're good with the numbers uh, that opens the next you know, uh, yep. channel for the next next phases of due diligence
1: Yeah, what I normally do, Keith, is is at that point, you have a letter of intent and you um, the the buyer is going to get dig into due diligence. I normally tell the owner, I got it, I got it, Bob, I got it, Jennifer, and as a matter of fact, I don't want you to be involved. I will be the front person for all the discussions through due diligence process. If I need you for something, I'll let you know.
0: Yeah, so that's 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 that that's that's great to know because. You know, when we go into do once we get an LOI signed, we have a kickoff call, right? And we talk. We we introduce our team, which is typically uh, the owner, his or her controller, or in this case, you know, CFO uh, function you play, uh, the attorneys, uh, ourselves of course, and then we look to the buyer, uh, his or her uh, attorney. And their uh, you know their accounting firm that's going to do the financial due diligence and various work streams, insurance, everything else. So we have a kickoff call, and then we set milestones, right? We set milestones of what would week one, week two, week three, week four, right down to close. And we have a weekly meeting, kind of going through things. What's a project, right? We're like, okay, yes. what do we do? Is it done? If it's not done, how come it's not done? So you're critical to that, photo because you'll be in those conversations every week at nine o'clock on a Tuesday morning. It could be a five-minute call or it could be a half-hour call, depending if we're behind schedule, how are we going to pick it up? So you're communicating directly with the buyer and his or her you know, consultants. You're informing your client, run your business, I'll run this process. You don't want to – a deal's not done until it's done.
1: Right? 100%. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to yeah.
0: be in a situation where you've taken your foot off the gas, so to speak, because you're not just – doing the due diligence, you're also still doing your other work for him or her, right? Yep. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. situations would be, should I be making this investment in my business now that we have a deal on the table? And the answer is, yes, run your business like it's not sold.
1: 100%.
0: Because if you don't make that investment, now, well, it's going to cost me. Say, we always, it's a negotiable item. I need to, I, I, I got this new piece of equipment I want to put on order. It's a million dollars, Right. So it's a material. So you you're under. Oh, you go to the buyer, hey, I'm going to buy this. Great. We'll pay for that equipment when we take over, right? Or we reimburse you for X or you just bought this equipment. We've had several cases uh, where they just bought a pretty big substantial investment in CapEx over the last couple, three months. And we negotiated that the buyer would, would pick up the debt on that or the lease on that as part of the transaction because they're going to yep. get the future benefit, right? All these things, all about communications. You're communicating – we're communicating with our client and the buyers. You're communicating with the with the with the buyer and and the financial team of the buyer. So we have a seamless, streamless issue going through due diligence. Things come up. We can get we get together. We find a solution and keep it going. Silence, uh, lack of response or delayed response raises concerns, which means it raises skepticism from the buyer. What like you said earlier. What else am I missing, which could possibly affect the value or drag on the process to a point where um, it becomes that the transaction may not get done by an external event outside our control.
1: No, a hundred percent. And a couple of points, a, there is a certain percentage, as you know, of deals that do not close. That's right. You think they're going through, they're not. So I always tell the client, continue to run your business. But the assumption it's not going to close because it might not. Even if, even if we think it has a very high degree of probability, it, it might not happen. Uh, and also, yeah, they're all it, they're all as you know, all these transactions <laughs> can get a little dicey. Issues will always come up, and that's why you have to keep a level head and you have to be able to respond to the concerns of the of the buyer as you go along. And that's how that's how the deals get done.
0: And your point is well taken that. Not all deals close. Um, if anybody comes to you and says, well, we close 100% of our deals, I take that mm-hmm. with a large grain of skepticism. There's many factors that lead into the deals not closing. As you know, financial performance, you projected 4 million EBITDA, you came in at 3.5 million EBITDA. One, another one is, obviously, is seller gets cold feet. He or she even know they wanted to hire us and utilize your skills. Said, you know what? I've learned so much through this that I can implement this stuff. And I maybe want to keep my business another couple of years and sell it down the road, or I just can't let go. And then the market conditions, right? Or things mm-hmm. are. I mean, uh, yep. skepticism in the market. Uh, even though you have a deal on the table, things could change that uh, gets the buyer scared and they decide to back out, or the seller back. 100%. out. Hundred percent. So yeah. those are things. Or that
1: or, or the buyer. On their ends, had assumptions about the ability to get debt to support the transaction, and they couldn't. Right, that does happen. They they might have investors who are are part of the transaction back out. They could have uh, debt, and that's you know you know how banking conditions change very quickly. All of a sudden, they just can't do the deal because they couldn't get the debt that they thought they were going to get.
0: So, Dan greatly appreciate your time this has been great uh for our audience uh dan bartley he's a principal with pro cfo partners uh, they're a, a consulting firm that provides financial support and uh, reporting uh, cost containment uh revenue modeling uh, projection uh projection planning budgeting m- numbers numbers uh of services to their, to their clients mainly family closed sale businesses Greatly appreciate your time, um, and uh, look forward to seeing you again soon.
1: My pleasure, Keith. This was this was enjoyable. So happy to come back. If you ever would like to have another conversation,
0: we we will probably do that down the road. When we uh, maybe get to talk a few war stories together. And uh, and thanks again. Uh, thank you for being with us today. Again, my name's Keith D, I'm President Founder of Osage Advisors. Uh, If you'd like to listen to other episodes of our podcast, you can uh, view it at our YouTube channel, The Ins and Outs of Selling a Business, by hitting the the subscribe button. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to give me a call at 860-767-3273, extension 1001, or shoot me an email at kdee at osageadvisors.com. To learn more about Osage Advisors and our services to business owners looking to sell, you can also visit our website at osageadvisors.com. Thanks again for your time today, and have a great day.